Well, I want to say that Lily Faye and I are excited and happy beyond expression for the great privilege and honor to be a part of this service today and what it represents. It, uh, it just brings back so many, so many wonderful, wonderful memories and some challenging times. And uh, it excites us, it excites me tremendously to think about the great days that are yet ahead of First Baptist Church, Katie. And I'm confident that uh, that's going to happen. Getting to see some people today that we've not seen in 20 plus years is such a blessing. Plus, we've had a chance to meet some new folks who have come, many who have come. 125 years, that's notable. The Home Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention says that the average life of a church is 92 years. And we know that there are many churches that are going through rough times these days. A very sad statistic provided by Lifeway, which is the ministry of the Southern Baptist Convention that studies these kinds of things, say that in a couple of years ago, we had 4,500 churches of all denominations that closed their doors. And uh, there were 3,000 new churches, but that still put us behind time. But you, First Baptist Church, Katie, you have persevered. For 125 years, you have consistently had a membership of believers who continue to run the race to attend and serve and pray, to witness, give financial support, and you continue to believe that your best days are ahead of you. God help you never, ever, ever to lose sight of that. Amen? Thank you, Lord. This morning I want us to look back at some very important things to me, if I may be very personal here, and talk about, there are many things. that I, It was hard for me to settle on what I wanted to go back and reflect on as we look back and give thanks and look forward in anticipation. Um, but I, I, I boiled it down to, to, to three things that I want to share with our group this morning, with you today, uh, that have been such a blessing to me across the years. Number one was relocating this church facilities from Avenue A to its present location. When the search committee came to San Antonio in 1984 to talk to me about coming to this church and becoming its pastor, we discussed quite a bit that there is a strong desire in this church to relocate the church facilities, the 906 um, Avenue A site has, I think, something like four acres and was landlocked, and the church felt like it was going to be impossible, if not very, very hard to be able to grow because the area was expected to do exactly what it's done, and that's explode in growth. And so when I arrived, one of the things that I did was that I set a time to meet with all of the deacons of the church, two or three at a time, a breakfast or a, a luncheon or some I met at their office or at their work or here at the church 
if it was hard, one at a time for scheduling that. And I remember one of the deacons who's now deceased, been, he's been he's gone to heaven many years ago, but he said to me, Pastor, we are almost a million dollars in debt. Help get us out of debt, and I will gladly lend my support to this project. So those of you who were here will remember how we worked hard to get out of debt. And when we had raised enough money to get started, we bought 22 acres right here where we are, and we started building on it. It was an exciting time in the life of our church. We put up a big tent, about like this white tent that we're going to have lunch in right here on this property. We had a revival. We brought in a horse trough to baptize those who came forward. And it was fun. It was uh, spiritually um, building up. It was, it was a great, great time for our church. Now, while the facilities here, these 55,000 square, well, there's more now with that building that has been added to it. But this building that was being built by a construction company, while they were doing that, we, the members of the church, men, women, and children, built that beautiful little chapel that's out front. And Ronnie Webb came to me and said, Charles, let's see if the church will name that chapel after Tom Bolin and Joy Bolin. And I said, perfect. And I say amen to that. We did that to express our love for, for the Bolins and their faithfulness to the Lord. But it was a great time. It was a, it was a wonderful time. But I, one thing I want to share with you that's very important. From the time that we began to talk about relocating until the time we moved into the building, it took 12 years. It just did not happen very easily. And I say that only because to say to the church that when we go through challenging times and take on projects that are much bigger than what we are and we obviously need the help of God, we need to persevere. Perseverance is one of the greatest virtues that a church can have, to have a vision and hold on to that vision and pray about it and work toward it. It took us 12 years. I, frankly, I'll be honest with you and tell you, I was a little embarrassed, embarrassed about that for a long time. I thought, Wisdom, what kind of leader are you? You're, you're, you're not even keeping up with what the, what the everyday needs are, much less progressing the way we should. But we did. We did because though sometimes we went up and other times we went down, we were always very slowly climbing up. And because of that, God blessed us. and We were able to build these facilities and move into them. And now they are debt-free. There is no debt in this church. The second thing about the tenure that I had for 17-plus years here was serving with an outstanding staff. I'm not minimizing the staff that was already here. We had Tom and Joy Bolin, who had been one of God's greatest blessings, not only to this church, but to the little town of Katy. And we had wonderful music, children, youth ministers, capable secretaries. We were even very proud and grateful for our janitorial staff because they did such a wonderful, wonderful job. So when I say that I'm thankful about the staff that came 
during those 17 years I was here, it's only to say that God continued to bless First Baptist as he will going forward. We had four pastors who served this church, and with their encouragement, their wise advice, and their great hard labor, we were able to reach the goals that God placed on our heart. The first couple that I would mention would be Ronnie and Karen Webb. They were here at First Baptist Church, Katie, for almost 18 years. He came as youth pastor, went into education, administration, preached. He did a lot of stuff. Uh, Ronnie and Karen are presently at, uh, at a church east of Houston, just a little bit, not too far away from us. And he has been there 20 years. Notice these years because I'm talking about persevering. He is persevering. Wayne Fancher and Renee, who will be here for the luncheon and couldn't come for the service, are almost worshipped at Second Baptist Church in Katy on Fry Road in I-10. After 17 years here at First Baptist Church Katy, he's been at Second Baptist West for 21 years, and he left big footprints on our church. Jerry Edmondson was with us at a crucial time in the life of First Baptist Katy. Along about the time that, that I began looking for someone like Jerry to be my associate, God had placed a, a challenge on my heart to transition our church and help us to move and, and, and try to do some things that would enable us to reach the people that we had a desire to reach. But you need not only a desire, but you need the right strategy. And I was convicted that there were ways that we could improve on our strategy. I asked a church growth consultant, a very famous man, and he gave me the name of Jerry Edmondson in Dallas. And I brought Jerry here, and he worked with us um, here at this church. And then God led him to plant the fellowship at Cinco Ranch, where he has been now for 30 years. Lastly, I'd like to mention about Mike and Amy McGowan. They're the founding pastors at Parkway Fellowship, which has two locations, one in Fulcher and the other here in North Katy, in a fast-growing area of our city. Amy is a certified Christian counselor, a very wise, godly woman, and a great blessing to our area here. They served the First Baptist Church, Katy, for seven years. And this is the year that Parkway Fellowship was planted 20 years ago. So they are celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. Many of you know this, perhaps some of you don't. But it is recognized as one of the fastest growing churches in the United States. The church averages over 4,000 people at their two locations, as well as those who join them online. Now, the reason for talking about these four pastors is to drive home an important point. I could never have begun to do what God called us to do without their ministry at my side. It just was a gift, a gift from God. And I will always, always be so grateful for the staff that has served our church. 
I used to say about our staff, you know, these guys and gals could go to any church anywhere and they would make a great impact. And that's because God has gifted them richly. The third part of a personal glance back that I want to share with you is a very personal story, and it's a story of our son, Van Wisdom. It is said that the pastors are to watch over the church to be the, a shepherd of the people, and as a shepherd, we are to protect the people, feed them, care for them, and love the sheep. And that is our call. But there are times when a church has to flip roles. And there are times when a church needs to be the pastor to the pastor's family. And that time came for us in the form of issues related to our son, Van Wisdom. If you don't know the story, let me encourage you to go on YouTube and watch Van Wisdom Testimony. Or to read my book, which if you'll save up, you can afford. I think the last time I saw on Amazon, you can get them for 35 cents a piece. <laughs> a Voice from Heaven. I would love to think it's because it's because we've sold millions of them. <laughs> But anyway, a voice from heaven, lessons my son taught me. And uh, just to be very, very brief, for those of you who are wondering what the situation is, is that our son, as a little boy, was sexually abused. We never knew about it. He never gave any evidences of it until he went away to college and he fell in with a group of guys who were homosexuals, and he began to live that lifestyle. When he graduated from university, in order to protect us, because at that time we still did not know, and to protect our church, he took a job in Spain. And while he was in Spain, he became um, infected with the HIV virus. At that time, a person who had the HIV virus, on the average, lived 12 years. From the time that he was diagnosed as having HIV until the time that Hank Schmidt buried him for us. It was exactly 12 years. I'd love to give you a lot more detail, but all I want to say is that God got a hold of our son. During that time, this church minister to us as well, if not better, than we've ever ministered to this church. We felt more love and more acceptance and more appreciation and more encouragement than we ever, ever imagined. Lydia and I initially said, we're going to have to leave. I felt like I had failed as a father. And I had failed as a pastor and did not deserve to be pastor of a church. What right do I have to tell people about raising kids and one thing or another when my son was involved in homosexuality? But a pastor from another city, a very wise man, heard about this and talked to me, came to talk to me and said, Charles, do not run 
Because I told him, I said, Jack, I'm leaving. I just, I don't want to pull this church down and I'm embarrassed. And he said, don't run. Remember what James says. James says, resist the devil and he will flee. Let the devil do the running. And that's precisely what Lilifei and I and our girls, along with this church, decided to do. There came a day when our son came back to God with a passion that only those of you know him know what I'm talking about. His commitment to the Lord and his over-foaming, over bubbling wisdom and discernment and knowledge were absolutely out of sight. In the last few years of his life, he was my pastor. He counseled me. But he said, Pastor, he said, Dad, I want to give my testimony to the church. And I want us to write to every pastor in Katy. And I want us to write to every civic leader in Katy. And I want the whole world to know what God has done in my life. Read that test. Go see that testimony on YouTube. It was at the old building. And it was packed. There were pastors, Hank and others, leaders in the city were there, even though they go to other churches. And, and when it was all over with, Van broke into a song and sang, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And everybody in there fell under the power of the Holy Spirit. And every one of those 800 plus people either moved to the front or where they were seated and knelt down and began to pray. It's something, I think of the day of Pentecost. Oh, I'd love to tell you what happened after that. That was just the beginning. But I cannot do that. But what I do want to say is that, Pastor Rob, you are so fortunate to come to a loving church, brother. And I'm asking you to love Pastor Rob and his wife and his two precious daughters the way you've loved us and we're Phillies and others. And I want us to, I want you to, uh, to care for them and pastor them as well as you have pastored our family. Lilith and I want to thank you again for what you did for us and for our family. We and our daughters will greatly love you until the day we die. Secondly, I want us to look forward to just one idea very quickly. Paul says that we forget the past and press on forward. And so we celebrate the past but we, and we build on it, but we move forward. And I'm asking you, First Baptist Katie, to celebrate the past, but ask God for a vision for your pastor, for your staff, for your leaders, that the church will go forward and become a very, very bright testimony in the darkness of our world. I'd like for you to put the scripture passage on the screen, if you would. When Jesus began his ministry, he came back from Capernaum, where he had started, but he came back to Nazareth, his hometown. And as is his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he began to read the scriptures from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
And he went on to say that he wanted to preach the gospel to the poor. He wanted to proclaim release to the captives. He wanted to give sight to the blind. He wanted to set free those who are oppressed. And he wanted to proclaim what the year, the year that everyone is waiting for had come. That is the, the year of jubilee, of celebration. Now this was the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And I want to say, First Baptist Church, Katie, can you, can you in your mind view your church, your wonderful church family here, as beginning today? Today is a new beginning. And face it with that excitement and that anticipation that Jesus had so that you also will be under the influence of the Holy Spirit and you will preach the gospel to those who are poor, whether it's poor financially or poor in spirit and don't know the Lord. You will preach the gospel to the captive, the person who is in prison or the person who is in prison to his own sins, chained by drugs and alcohol and unhappy marriage and crazy life. You will, you will give sight to the blind. Those who are sick, you will bring healing but those who cannot see, you will help to present the truth to them so that they can see Jesus and what he has done for us and to set free those who are oppressed. It was a great beginning for Jesus, and today is a great beginning for First Baptist Church. Katie, if you join me in that, would you say amen? amen. The scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, he said, and I want to repeat with a new pastor to lead you, with a new vision to reach as much of West Houston and Katy as you can. The timing is now. Jesus began his ministry in a place, and we are beginning a ministry here in this place. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I want to say, First Baptist Church is a great church with a great pastor, great facilities, great history, and great opportunities. So, your greatest days are ahead of you. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.